Chicago Rinkrats, what's going on? Hope you are all doing well. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 14 of our podcast this season. It is February 22nd, and the Blackhawks still stink. They're in the bottom of the bottom of the uh the standings in the nhl but Connor bedard is back ladies and gentlemen he's been back for four games and he looks absolutely terrific we're going to get into that as well as a number of different things but want to introduce uh the cats that you all know so well we'll start with the gatekeeper jeff osborne who is celebrating what day is today jeff osborne national margarita day right, right here baby that's it gate way to go I'm partaking Tell us about your decorum in uh, in the background as well. Oh yeah, my new my new oh. thanks thanks to my lovely wife, my barnwood wall in my office with my guitars hanging up. Finally, I've only had them for about twenty years, and with no place to hang them up. So now I have some place to hang them up. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. Well, it looks fab, man. Looks great, buddy. Thanks, and man. Eric, Eric Andrews, content editor of the Rink. How are you, my friend? What's going on? Super doing well. Today is also the 44th <laughs> anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Sure is. Yes. Happy, happy 44 <laughs> Miracle on Ice. So we got National Margarita Day. We got 44 year anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, as well as Alex Nylander on the Move Day, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Alex. Is that like Boxing Day? Does that happen every year? I don't know. <laughs> Alex Nylander traded moments ago. There was an announcement about a half an hour ago. Former Blackhawk Alex Nylander traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins, along with a sixth-round pick. Yeah, you got to pay the freight. The often misunderstood and confused Columbus Blue Jackets organization uh, in exchange for the depth forward, a name of which escapes me right now, but someone who may or may not be able to help Pittsburgh as they struggle to stay alive in the playoff race. Anyway, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we're very happy to see Sean Fitzgerald, who is on day 58 50, uh, 53, I think, 54. 53, hat day. What do you call it? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're trying to make him feel as important as the rest of us. Come on. Right. Okay. Uh, hat a day. I'm trying to do every a day a different hat for 366 days because it's a leap, leap year. Uh, today's hat oh. is a new, new era Brent Zebra collection with a little plaid on the brim. And on the back, it's got all three championship years. So Stop great. saying good, Sean. You sound like an ass. Yes, yes, Brennan. We do have margaritas. Pretty good stuff. Brennan, our boy from the from the Avalanche side of the rink. Yeah, doing great things over there. If you yeah. are up for following the Colorado Avalanche folks, make sure you're doing it at the rink.com. Brennan's or got the, a lot of good stuff. The Eagles and whatever other Colorado team they cover. And yeah. he's been doing yeah. it he's while recovering from back surgery. So Oh, Shout out to Brennan. Oh, wow. Jeez, Brennan. Well, rest up, feel better, and um, excellent stuff out there in Colorado. So, what we got tonight, folks? All right. The Golden Child is back. Connor Bedard is back. Uh, we're all very thrilled. He's got that full uh, full fogger on. He's got the fishbowl going on to protect that jaw, which is good. He is back ahead of schedule. And to date, in the four games that he's been back, he's tallied six points, was off the score sheet last night, but arguably his best performance. I thought he was flying last night. Gate original impressions on the return of our guy. I mean, he he hit the ground running. Like he, he had a little bit of a slow first game, a little bit. He had what one assist, he had one point or something. I think he had uh, a slow first period. That was it. Yeah, maybe it was even a first period. And and then he just hits the ground running with what he had three points or two points, three points the next game. Yeah. Uh yeah. like yeah, it's it's like he didn't even get hurt. It's it, it's great to see, you know. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he looks he looks fabulous. And I, Eric Andrews, is it, chances that you think Bedardi's at 39 points right now. What do we got, 26 games left, something like that? Can he hit 60? Do you think it's in the cards? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps playing the way he has, I don't see why not. I mean, is it likely? But am I going to be surprised? No. Right. Yeah, I think if he 55, 60 points maybe in that range is where. Sounds right. Where yep. he'll finish, which sounds pretty good. And Shawnee, does he still take your breath away? Obviously, there was that move last night that was pretty sick. He does. Even uh, I think that move was impressive. And then the move where he had the goal called back, I believe it was on Sunday. Yeah. When he made when he deked out um, Corpus Salo mm-hmm. of the Ducks. I thought that was uh, amazing. He's just like I was listening to the Blackhawks podcast earlier, and they were marveling about how. Like Austin Matthews is a freak and he makes these moves, but Austin Matthews is like six feet something. Connor Bedard is five ten generously, like yep. maybe five nine, and he's still doing what he's doing. So it's super impressive. I'm excited he's back because without him, the Hawks don't score at all. Um, and to the and they're not even lot, entertaining to watch. No, like at least when he, when he's there, they're entertaining. Even if they lose. They're not entertaining because when he gets the puck, everyone goes, oh, what's yeah. he going to do now? Like when people he's are, out. People are only watching Blackhawks games right now for his shifts. Yeah, pretty much. And I am. Pretty much. I <laughs> and and we, got more, we got more Connor Bedard than we've gotten ever this season. He played a career and season high 24.49 minutes yesterday for all the TOI lovers out there, you know. Well, if you're from Minnesota, that wins you a Calder Trophy. Exactly. There's quite a few of them out there, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Connor Bedard now tied for points with Dylan Strom. Big time stuff. Um, we're all excited to <laughs> Despite missing all the games. Right, despite missing all the qualifier games. In there. And, and not having Ovechkin and uh, TJ Oshie on his flanks. Um, he's somehow, you know, still 39 points. But let's go back to TOI here, and we are going to start with Eric Andrews on this one. Because uh, Eric is is very close to the Calder race, very close to this situation. <laughs> a lot on his <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, yeah, I think he's. Uh, yeah. Now he's we are all we're homers. Himself. We are Chicago fans. You know, we, we're going to acknowledge that right off. We obviously have a favorite in this whole thing, but but let's break it down a little bit further. Um, right now, it seems like the Calder race is is a two horse race. Um, and you know, Rossi is kind of out there as well, but you know, I think that that, that'll fade, but it, it is now a debate, a very public Twitter debate, uh, between Connor Bedard and, uh, Brock Faber of the Minnesota wild Brock Faber of the Minnesota wild has been having a hell of a rookie season. He's 21 years old, gopher, Minnesota golfer. He has 33 points. Um, everyone taught he is playing more minutes than I will go ahead and say it. Then he should be at his age. Uh, for a team that keeps putting him out there in the mere hopes that their mediocrity will get them an eight seed while they wear out their prize possession. I'll just go ahead and say that. And um, But he is doing quite well. And so with that in mind, if the Calder was today, let's just say if the Calder was today, who wins it? And then when the Calder is awarded at the end of the year, who wins it? And what are we going to, what's it going to take? to differentiate the two candidates come the end of season. Eric Andrews, let's start with Brock Faber. Let's go with why and why not for the Calder. I mean, he's had a very strong season. I think um, 
he certainly exceeded the expectations that people had for him. Um, yes, the time on ice is dandy. It's cool that he can play 30 minutes, which, by the way, Wild fans, he hasn't done in over a month. So Why are you doing that in the regular season that. game? But Yep. <laughs> Yeah, when you're not even in a playoff spot. Um, but no, I mean, he he is a very sound defensive defenseman that can also chip in on the offensive side of the puck as well. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's really started to show that offensive game over the last month or so, um, you know, with, which is great. But, you know, another thing that people are very conveniently forgetting is that the Wilds' blue line is horrific and they don't have Jared Spurgeon. So there is literally no one to be doing any of these things. So if he has any semblance of ability in any of those areas, he's going to get the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So that's why he's kind of their, getting their argument is he's keeping them afloat, and he should be, and she should be recognized for that instead of. <clears throat> yeah, congrats. you know what? No, you know, your argument. Yeah, I'm just something saying. that's something that gets lost in, in the whole conversation with the favor thing is like they have Jonas Brody in on that team who is a pretty good defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like he was probably next in line, you know, after the Jalmerson fall off and all that, he was probably looked at as like the next best defensive defenseman shut down defenseman in the league. And he's yeah. right there with favor. So. Yep. Maybe yeah. he's lending a little bit to, uh, to his little rookie buddy that's, that's riding next to him or what, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. Sean, what do you what, what's your take on why or why not he will win it? So I Unless think well, going. so I um, think Connor Bedard's gonna win, obviously. Um I wanna go with uh plus minus though, because you know, uh wild fans are crazy about plus minus. The wild as a team are minus twelve in goal differential. Minus twelve. So if their defense is so stout and their goaltending is so impressive, and Brock Favor plays all this, these minutes, how are they minus 12 in yep. goals allowed? Um, yep. In terms of overall, I think um, if Bedard had missed more time, it might have been a situation where Artemi Panarin won the Calder, won Connor McDavid was out for most of the year because I think he broke his collarbone, I believe it was what it was. That it was, might have it was been- his clavicle. Clavicle. Okay. Yeah, Connor McClavical. Thank you. Connor McClavical. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I will not say that three times fast. Um, so I think that would be the case. But when you see Bedard on the ice, just the, the impact he has on the overall game and not just the scope of like he's had, as Andy listed off, a, a certain amount of points in three games back. Like the Hawks are relevant to watch as soon as he steps on the ice. I'm sorry, yeah. but people aren't tuning in to watch the Minnesota Wild and Brock Faber. Nothing against Brock Faber. He's a fine player. He's probably going to have a pretty good career. But he's this is like the pinnacle of his ability right now. Connor Bedard might just be scratching the surface of yeah. his talent level. And is three years younger. He's right. 18. He's yeah. 18 years old. He's 5'10", and he's still doing things that guys didn't think were possible. So. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing, and, and these are not biased comments what I'm about to make right now. So, you know, if any Minnesota fan wants to argue this, go right ahead. But it's silly. Number one, this is not even a conversation if Connor Bedard stays healthy. Let's get that out there. Yeah, that's not, We're not even talking about a two-horse race if Connor Bedard is healthy. Number two, the best rookie in the NHL this year is Connor Bedard, period. Will he win the rookie of the year? 
Maybe, maybe not, but he's the best rookie in the NHL. And that's indisputable. Number three, those of you out there that are Minnesota Wild fans that are saying, well, I would much rather have Brock Faber or start my team with Brock Faber. Than you can't Connor. even get through that without laughing at it. Don't, don't even, I know, don't even like, stop watching hockey. Stop analyzing anything. They're like, lying to themselves. They're yeah, trying to just, talk themselves into get it. Get a grip. I mean, that is just so wildly out of control. Brock silly. Faber didn't even go in the first round. There is like not a second round pick. There is he not was a even drafted manager. by Minnesota. There is not a general manager or a coach in the NS in the NHL, inclusive of those that work for the Minnesota Wild, that would say I'd rather have Brock Faber than Connor Bedard. So stop it, stop it. You know, I know I feel like I'm talking to a little kid, and maybe I am, but cut it out. That's that is the I can't believe people are actually saying that. There are some people who are like, well, I'm a coach, and I'd much rather have Brock Faber's skill set. Oh my god, come on, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Thank God. Not if you had Connor Bedard sitting there, you yeah. wouldn't. No, you would. What is it? Uh, what What is it going to take for Bedard to uh, to win this thing? I mean, like, what What at the end of the year statistically are we looking at for people to be like, all right, Bedard had it, lost it, or it was somewhere in the middle, and now he's past favor. Now I think they're going in different directions, actually. And I don't know, yeah. Eric. I think you might agree. I mean, Brock Brock Faber. Everyone's pointing to plus minus. By the way, a stat that nobody cares about for the Calder, rightly or wrongly. Your plus minus is not going to be included in your Calder like linchpins. It's just not. And well, that's a stat that they're trying to get rid of because it's yeah. so inaccurate. They're yeah, trying to get rid of it. It doesn't tell you any like legitimately like you Connor Bedard could get a minus. He steps on the ice and somebody scores and he's not even involved in the play. And you get a minus for that. Well, like, no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. For forwards, plus minus does not matter in the least. Well, Here's another good one. If they're so they're so obsessed about the plus minus, let's let's conveniently look back to the uh, the Wilds game against the Vancouver Canucks recently, where they won ten to seven. The Wilds scored ten goals, and Brock Faber's plus minus rating zero. Yeah. Why was it a zero? He was on the ice when the Wilds scored two empty net goals. Yeah. So without well, that, he's a minus two, and his team scored ten goals well he's playing less minutes since january 1st and he's minus 11 he's minus 11 since january 1 and he's not playing as much as he used to so i don't i don't know well and another it's thing just too, turned like, into it just turned into my toy is cooler than your toy it is and, and i and i, and I hate we want people to like you we want people to vote for our toy That's here's another thing too i mean with well, the plus I, minus like too, you know with the plus minus like let's say um, you know, if, if Bedard was like minus 50 or something, okay, maybe that's a different conversation. But the Blackhawks as a team are minus 81 so far this season. So on average, the average forward should be around minus 20. Yeah. Right? So it's it's not like he's minus 50 or minus 60 and he's legitimately horrific at defense and is right. a huge liability and all that. Like he's is he is he out there winning a selkie trophy no of course not that's not what he's out there to do but it's not like he's this huge liability either i mean he, he's fine defensively he's average on this team defensively yeah so yeah it's an and he's back checking more now like they're pointing out on the broadcast and the coaching staff is saying that he's more involved in getting back on defense and back checking and doing all those things doing the little things that forwards are supposed to do so yeah I mean, I don't if, – if he stays – I'm sorry, but if, if Connor Bedard stays healthy for the rest of the season, 
no debate. Yeah, if he yep. stays healthy for the rest of the season, he plays 66, 68 games or whatever they have left, has between 55 and 60 points as an 18-year-old and is leading the worst team in the NHL in scoring, it's his. Like that's – I don't even know what else there is to say, really. Um, the only way know. he doesn't win it is if he his production falls off a cliff, which we have absolutely zero reason to think that's going to happen, or right. if he gets hurt again. Right. That's the only way. Oh, and as I brought up before, I just wanted to look this up, the line combinations for the Minnesota Wild. Who is on the ice with him 40% of the time? Jonas, Jonas Brodin. Brodin. Yeah. One of the top defensive defensemen, no, you know, by reputation in the NHL. Yeah. Goal figure. Yeah. Badar is playing with Felino and Kurashev. Yeah, definitely not. And no one with, with reputations is these right. guys are fourth line players. Yeah. The defensemen that are on the ice when he's out there. Yeah. Wachinski, Jones. I mean, yeah, it's not a pretty thing. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I don't I don't it's unfortunate we're like we're resorting towards fi- trying to find flaws in Brock Faber's game. That's what it's, I hate about all this. Yeah, you know, it makes you like a player you is, like because we right. like him. Yeah, Brock Faber's damn good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brock Faber's awesome. Like, loved it. Would love to have him on the team. I mean, it's yeah. like, wow. Like, if the 21-year-old defenseman, you know, like that, I mean, he'd be the best defenseman on the Blackhawks right now. Yeah. You know, maybe not the best prospect, but the best defenseman on the team. Would I give up Would I give up Seth Orr for him? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, sure. 100%. Sure. But if you traded Connor Bedard and your return was Brock Faber, it would be Connor Bedard, Brock Faber, and four first-round picks. Yeah. <laughs> like... So this whole this whole notion of uh, it is apples and oranges to a big degree. It is, I think, and I think that's what's a big challenge about the Calder, particularly when there's a defenseman and a forward, is it is apples to oranges and finding that differentiation. Um, you know, is, is I would part. also say too, like if the Wild were like a top five team in the league or something, then it might be a different conversation too. Like if he was keeping them afloat or you know whatever they want to say and they were a top five team, then that's way more impressive than, oh, we're battling to just hang on in, you know, the wild card race. You know, they're not even in a playoff spot. So, I mean, it's the the 10th team in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Good chance they might not get in. I don't, I guess I, if, if I was Minnesota, I I wouldn't be celebrating this as much. I, I have a lot of concerns about it almost. Well, the problem is, is that, it's an organization that in their entire history has gotten out of the first round three times. Yeah. So they have, they have nothing to measure anything to because it's just perpetual mediocrity. Yeah. So as soon as there's the, the faintest semblance of hope or positivity, they don't know what to do with it. Right. The other thing too is, is folks, I don't, the other argument, you know, that, that you hear a lot about Brock Faber is he should be getting Norris votes. And I, I'm sorry, folks, again, to disappoint you, but that's just illogical. Um, the Norris trophy rightly or wrongly, as we've said before, a lot of times doesn't go to the best defensive defenseman. It doesn't No, And he is 21st in scoring amongst defensemen in the NHL. Doesn't lead the NHL in minutes by a defenseman and certainly not in plus minus either. So that's just not, that's just not happening. It's a team that's in the a bottom third of the league yeah. in points percentage. Is like 
They're 21st. They're barely over NHL 500. If you factor in overtime losses as losses, they are under 500. Yeah. By four games. Like that's a, that's a team that's not competing at all whatsoever. And they tried to compete. The Hawks have not tried to compete. Everyone said that at the beginning of this year, the Hawks are not going to be good. They no, may yeah. be worse than they were last year, and that and that's they, exactly what's happened. They're anyone probably who ex- worse right now than they yeah. were last year at this. Anyone point. who expected this team yeah. to be any better than it is was silly, and we told them that from the day from day one. Minnesota was trying to compete. Yeah, they thought they they were going to be able to come into this season and be able to compete for a playoff spot. And right yeah. now, they're not. Truthfully, I thought the Hawks. I thought the Hawks would be a little bit better than this, but then you get they. So many injuries. Obviously, Corey Perry didn't work out. Taylor Hall gone for the season. We thought they'd be a little bit more competitive. Anthony CU out for most of the year. Like oh, shut up. Yeah. 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 He he just started he had 20, I think he had 20 goals last year for them. So yeah. and he just resumed skating. But yeah, like they were just they basically put together an NHL line to play with Bedard. Right. And two out of the three guys on that line are gone. Well, and the, and the other hurt. And Perry, oh no, all three of them. Anthony, to see you, Hall, and Perry are gone. Well, yeah, and let's let's move. Let's let's shift gears. Why don't we to to the other to one one player who we all thought was going to chip in a lot more this year and make the Hawks a little bit better, and now he's no longer with the team and he's been moved out, and that's Lucas Reichel. We all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I, I mean, I thought you know when he when he did when he had 15 points in 23 games when he came up. Last year, yeah. I I was expecting more than what is happening right now. I mean, well, I, it's I, all his line mates' fault, Andy. Didn't you know that? Like, it's just his line mates' that, that, that's, that's why he's not any good. Is Hawk fandom? You know, sorry, Minnesota fans. I'm gonna take a breather from ragging on you right now. We're gonna go to some of the Hawk fans that seem to find ways to make excuses for Lucas Reichel. The bottom line is Lucas Reichel's been poor this year. Um, and we're and we're not the only ones that are saying it. Like John Scott has said it multiple times on the Hawk cast on the Blackhawks podcast. Like he, yeah. he contributes nothing right. on the so, Blackhawks podcast today. They said the only reason he stayed up as long as he did is because of injuries like Beauvillier, right. Anthony CU, all those guys have been hurt. There, yeah. I don't even know if it was that play. more. I, I think it was, they were trying to wish it into existence. Yeah. I know. It's going to be good. I agree. They were hoping that somehow he would snap. I mean, Luke Richardson was even like when they'd ask him about it, he'd be like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what you do with this kid. So Lucas Reichel was sent to the AHL, uh, the Blackhawks affiliate, the Rockford Ice Hogs, where he has logged a lot of minutes in previous years. That happened last week, towards the end of last week. He's played two games yeah. for the Ice Hogs. He's got one assist, whatever. But Eric, what 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 does this mean for his future? I mean, what what on earth are the Blackhawks going to do with Lucas Reichel? Well, they have to hope that this opportunity allows him to reset his game, especially mentally, and that he can kind of refine that scoring touch and, and the confidence and the the play driving ability. And because, um, I mean, obviously it just has not been there at all this season. And um, I know there's an interview with Nick Foligno, and he was talking about how, um, you know, kind of the, the mindset that the team has with it is, you know, hey, you know, don't let this get you down. Everybody has, you know, peaks and valleys in their development. It's not linear. Go down there make the most of the opportunity. Be a professional and focus on the things that you can do better in order to get back to being the player that you are and that everybody knows you can be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's that's what the hope has to be. I mean, 
maybe, and it's not even really about production necessarily in Rockford. It's, it's more just, can he get back to playing his game effectively and consistently? Well, but what is his game? Well, yeah, <laughs> gate. That's <laughs> the problem. Well, I don't know that. Well, that is the problem. I mean, gate, what do you see as Lucas Reichel's role? I like with this. He team was advertised. Was, he was yeah. advertised as a middle six, probably wing. Yeah. Which is what I said all along is like, yeah, he could be a good middle six wing, but, it was, but I was, you know, there was so much pushback on that, that no, 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 he's going to be he's a, a center. He's going to yeah. be a top line wing or center. Yeah. Probably a, he should be a center, but if you got Connor Bedard here, he might have to play second line center. No, no, no. That's what he's going to be for the future. That's what it's going to be. And like, it hasn't been that at all. He's, you know, he hasn't even been a middle six player. He's been a fourth line player at best. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit, little bit of speed every once in a while shows a flash on a move, but he doesn't complete anything. He doesn't finish plays. He doesn't play physical along the boards. Our boy Ray like loves, loves to point that out that he he's like, you know, you know, Lucas Reichel's next physical play will be his first physical play. Pretty much is what he said. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, like you know, fair. the guy's out there floating around like he, like he, you know, was able to do in the AHL ring turn, ring turn, ring turn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is things contact. I tell my, my peewee to, to not yeah. do, you know, Stop on a puck. stops and starts. Yeah. Stops and starts, stops and starts. This kid, kid's 11. We got Lucas, Lucas Reichel here is in his twenties. He can't figure it out. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like you don't want to, you don't want to lose on a, a guy you, you picked up so highly. Like you want it to hit, you want it to work out yeah. as much as I didn't think he could, he could hit the projections that, Everyone said he was going to. Um, you was know, that sixty-five I still wanted... points? Or wait, I'm yeah. sorry, that was Dylan Sakura. Sorry, yeah, that was Jabroni G. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be a middle six winger, you're you're either dynamic offensively and you're a top end winger. If you're going to be a middle six or even a you know kind of a a bottom six winger. You got to have meat on your bones and you have to play with physicality. You got to play you, two yeah. ways. Yeah, you got to be. He's not even playing one way. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. Do you think there's any possibility that the Hawks try to move away from him this summer, or do you think it's just play out the last year of his contract? He's got one more year after this. On his contract? He's an RFA uh, after this season. Oh well, then I don't know. Then you can. I mean, they could bring him back dirt cheap. Yeah, they'll, I, they'll bring him back for another I, year. They'll try yeah, they'll, to give him another shot. I mean, you could probably. Can you, you, they might even give him a one-year deal, or would you try to bridge him at two? I don't know. Well, you could. I don't know that you want to get hung in there on a two-year deal on him. You know. Yeah. I, and I, make him prove a deal. Qualify him. You could just qualify him, right? That's yeah, whatever. The, yeah, it's not like they could take him to arbitration or anything. I don't think he's eligible no. for that. And no. even if he was, like, what is he going to fight? I came up and did nothing the entire year. Give me yeah, more I money. Don't, yeah, I don't. He, I, I would venture to. I would guess that unless the Blackhawks have more injuries, he's probably going to be in Rockford for the rest of the season. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, what? I don't know. You know, he and, should be, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I think they might force him back to be like, okay, well, he's fixed. Maybe he scored two goals in in a game on the weekend against some trashy AHL team, and they're going to want to bring him up. I think so he's fixed. because it's all fixed. I don't, Gain. I don't think so because like point production, yes, it matters, but like he's not like he. If he was driving the play up the ice, like skating into the offensive zone, and then making like a great pass, and somebody just wasn't finishing, fine. But he's he's lacking. He's not even doing that. Like that's what driving the play is. And people don't seem to comprehend that. Like you can still drive the play and not 
get offensive results because your teammates aren't up to the quality of what you think they are or what they should be. But he's not even doing that. It's not like he's carrying the puck in and then getting it deep and then making a great play and somebody's breaking his stick every time. There's there's nothing happening. And I think going down to Rockford, like you really have to see like him take over games in order for him before you even think of bringing him back because scoring we he's proven we can score in the AHL he's proven his game works in the AHL if he wants it to work at the NHL level he's got to be like Andy and Eric and everybody said he's got to either be a he's got to be a dynamic forward because he doesn't have any other attributes to be anything else in the NHL and if he's not then he's just a, he's a 4A guy. He's a, he's a fringe guy that maybe eventually goes to play in the Czech League with uh, Nicholas Bodan and Michael Kempney. So like, he's Dylan Sakura. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, this is also – this, this is a Stan Bowman acquisition, folks. And mm-hmm. and uh, let's let's bring it up. Not great I, in latter years. You know. think every, they were I good think ever. Well, no, Lucas Reichel, I think, wasn't projected to be a – I think he was supposed to be a second-round pick was his projection. Late first, but, early second. Uh, late first. Yeah. yeah pretty early. But they, took him at, they took him at 15, correct? Andy, didn't you do – Andy did well, a piece yeah, on And that. at the time, the Blackhawks were scouting on video. They didn't, I don't even know how often they saw him. I yeah. Mean, we learned later on that the scouting department was in complete disarray and tatters. Yeah. Um, you know, which which – Obviously, isn't great, and you know, and, and as we just suggested, Stan Bowman's latter day sins. Uh, this could be another. <laughs> you know, I just it's he, his his well, drafting over the is years. Is that the title of your book, Stan Bowman's Latter Day Sins? Yes, <laughs> but it's please, all please buy for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, the latter day sins. Nothing about controversy and all about actual team management. Like you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's it's just. Uh, well, but especially anyway. in that era, too. I mean, he was just so, like, every pick was, like, this galaxy brain type of pick. I mean, they went off the board with Nolan Allen, who looks like a fine prospect, but not a first-round kind of guy. No. They they kind of go a little bit off the board reaching for Reichel when you had an obvious pick in Dawson Mercer, who went the next pick, who's been a solid NHL player for a few years already. Um, yeah. I mean, it, Oquist. Bodan, on and on and on and on. It was skill trumped everything else with those guys. Skill was if a guy was highly skilled, no matter his size or the production, that's what the the head scout and Stan Bowman were in love with, and they didn't listen to anybody else. They Mark just took skill. Yeah, the, yeah. that seventh round pick in twenty twenty, Creever. I'll say the, the, the one. Yeah. The one, the one pick, the one pick of that era that at least was a rational. You could see the thought process and say, "I can't disagree with that." Was Kirby Doc, but then they totally ruined him. Yeah, well, Camesso yep. in the second round. We're still hoping on that. Oh, hey, look about Henry Yokiharu. Yeah, Ethan Del Mastro was a fourth round pick. They might have found something there. We'll see. You know, he's they, had a hell of a season. Also, the first round, they've been they've been fine. Yeah, but when you're missing on all your first round picks, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's yeah, bad. that's that's where um, Eric and I got into an argument with somebody. That's where like you find your upper echelon talent. Like, right. I think I went back. Obviously, Vegas Jack Eichel was traded, but he was the number two overall pick. Tampa Bay Stamkos was the number one overall pick. Kucherov mm-hmm. was in the second round. Like Kane and Taze. Uh, 
Yeah. Nathan McKinnon was the first overall pick. Sidney like, Crosby. Like, uh, all the great yeah. teams have that top echelon guy who they took in the first round. or the, right. the Yeah. And usually the top three in the draft. That's why Pittsburgh has been able to hang around for so long. Mm-hmm. They just had generational players. But they yeah. – got them in the first round. He didn't find them in the seventh round. It's rare that you find guys in the seventh round and that are undrafted to no. propel your I'll franchise. Give, I'll give it to him for, his, for some of his second round picks. Not, he, not Ian Mitchell. But, <laughs> Chad Price. Yeah. Well, Debrinkit, second round pick. Alex Vlasic, as you all know him now, at 43 overall is gold. I mean, you make um, enough think, picks sooner or later, you're going to find yeah, right, right, you're going to. But but I also think, too, it's like it worked his ass off. Like, sure. uh, like you can pick guys in the second round that like Alex Dabrinkit's undersized, Alex Vlasic, uh, Andy, you said he wasn't like built physically enough. And those guys worked their asses off and right. made themselves better players. It wasn't Vlasic maybe more so was he – he worked his ass off, and he also had a development plan. To bring it, there was no development plan. The Bowman era had no development plan. He literally just worked his ass off and made himself a better player. Well, so I think that also plays into it, too. You've got to have some sort of structure to how you want your prospects to develop and right. understand Bowman one, didn't have anything. One thing, too, with that, you know, with, with talking about some of these second-round picks that have hit, and you're talking about to bring it, Brandon Saad, even Vlasic, those were all guys that were – just on a talent basis were guys expected to go in the first round, but there were parts right. of their game that caused them to fall. So picking those guys in the second round, that's a, that's a no brainer. That doesn't take any talent as a GM or anything. It's just, Hey, it's, this guy's sitting here for us. We'd be stupid not to take him. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, what the talent or what the actual skill in that would have been was if they liked Brandon Saad and they moved up in the draft. Now, looking back in hindsight, you would have been like, well, you could have got them in the second round. But right. you didn't know that when you were picking originally. No, and no you idea. should have picked them in the first round. If you liked them as much as you said you did, you should have probably picked them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't. And it passed through the entire league, sometimes more than once, before they got to those guys. So, again, you know, like Eric's, Eric pointed out, it didn't take any skill to do that. These guys fell in their lap, and they're like, well, we got no one else. Let's try this sod guy. Let's try this Debrinket guy that nobody else picked. So it's more it's more of a full pod because the rest of the league just passed them all up. It's not like they moved up because they saw a guy they wanted and, you know, went and got him. That's not what happened at all. No. So I don't know. I mean, I the jury is officially out on Lucas Reichel and his career in Chicago. I think at this point. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's it'll be. I'm still sticking with his line mate. Suck. <laughs> I mean, it's it would suck if if he doesn't work out because like that's one more piece that was supposed to be part of the rebuild. That yeah. now you're going to have to now figure out how to replace. Right. Uh, and there will forward. be there will be others. I mean, I you know they're stockpiling picks right now. There's so many guys that are having. You know, like Nick Lardis is having this unbelievable season. Lardis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's there's plenty. Oliver Moore. Frank Nazar. We don't know if any of these are going to pan out or not, you know, but we'll, uh, we're hopeful. But, you know, like we talked about in November, hey, you know, some people just don't work out. It just doesn't, especially that at that stage in the draft. Uh, one thing before we go on to 
you know, some other things. Maybe we could talk some trade rumblings. We also talk want to talk about the uh, NHL draft, but I want to bring up Philip Kershev real quick. Um, Shiva, Philip Kershev, who will always be in the United Center. Um, yep, nuclear bomb. Kershev will be there. Convinced. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I watched him make a play, and he just like he basically just turned the puck over, just handed it over to the other team. And I'm like, yeah. why is this guy getting like? I I still don't understand why this guy is still hanging around. Well, I don't know. I mean, but I I was gonna. He's playing with a ton of confidence right now. Oh yeah, because uh, it seems really, like he's got a job forever. He's like Garth Snow. Right. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> like they signed him to a 30 year contract, and he's just gonna hang around forever. Circumvented the salary cap already. Yeah, but he yeah. but he also, I mean, you know, his his line mate has been Connor Bedard, which obviously brings out the best in anybody. But Kersh has had a really good season. And I don't, you know, Ben Ben Pope, um, my buddy Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun Times, recently wrote an article suggesting his, uh, you know, is this a match, Kurashev and Bedard? Now, keep in mind, folks, this is the same journalist that uh, indicated that Wyatt Kaiser might be the second coming of Christ, right around September. Um, I didn't know Christ uh, could play defense, but oh, well, no, he, could, he couldn't. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> Turns out he could. Whoa! Hey. Yeah. So anyway, like I said, you know, a lot of people, Ben Pope included, uh, had mentioned that Wyatt. Kai, oh my gosh, look at this prospect. He's so amazing. So now the talk is Philip Kershev, and is he going to be long-term line mate of Connor Bedard? Eric? Yes. No. I, I mean, the chemistry has been great to see. I mean, it, it truly has been fun watching these guys play together and create offense and create chances and stuff but i would say the odds are not great that that's going to be a long-term solution i think the only way that it is is if you could make an argument like look at the penguins with you know crosby playing with kunitz and dupuy like maybe it's something like that but if you're just saying philip kershev is a top line talent on a contender no 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 i mean i i I think best case scenario, Philip Kurashev as Bedard moves along in the next couple of years, could be a second liner, most likely third liner. Best case scenario, second liner, though. I mean, I just don't. I think he's going to end up a third liner when they're actually competing. Yeah. And that's if he can play defense. Like, right. He could, he could be their Sergey Breland. You know, that is, uh, that is, wow. What I, that's a timely what? reference. Great reference. Sergey Breland. <laughs> I mean, he was that guy in the Devils that was on like every single one of their cup teams. Everyone's like, that guy Breland is still here. You know, he's yeah. kind of hanging around third, fourth line guy, you know, just, just there. Um, but anyway, I don't know, but Kershaw, he's, he's looked, he's looked really good. He's been very complimentary. You know, no one saw him playing with Bedard this year. It was all about Taylor Hall. And after Taylor Hall fell down on his own a few times and then ended up getting hurt, <laughs> very unfortunate. And it isn't once. That that it. Yeah. Very unfortunate that he got hurt, but you know, I think Kershaw is, I, I think it certainly helped his game having Bedard, there and it'll be good to have him around a little bit longer so yeah he's a he's a third line guy and he'll play there until they get somebody better and then they move him down and if somebody struggles or bedard at some point struggles you put kurashev back up there for a little bit till they get their mojo going and then he goes back to where he belongs like it everything that's happening with kurashev is is a positive there's no negative to it like 100%. Yeah, this is no, all, just this like is, don't get your hopes up for anything huge. No, obviously, obviously, no. Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, the Blackhawks Twitter hype machine needs to like pump the brakes, or you know, 
Yeah, they need they're so hungry back. for that next best thing. The the Dylan Secura, the Ian Mitchell, the Wyatt Kaiser. The, yeah, they're that. still on the prospect. Like we're gonna feed you a bunch of BS about mm-hmm. how like Ian Mitchell is ready for the NHL, um, and he can't even stay in the NHL. Like they're still buying all that. So any guy that shows any semblance of NHL talent, he's the greatest thing ever. He's Martin St. Louis or you know Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> We'll be Martin St. Pierre, we'll for be that matter. You heard it here first, folks. Philip Kurashev equal to Wayne Gretzky. I say Martin St. <laughs> Pierre. Martin St. Pierre. Creever. Well, on to the next best thing. <laughs> Louis Creever? Well, if we, if Blackhawks fans, if you're looking for the next best thing while you're uh while your team is in the cellar and currently have the best odds to land. The number one overall draft pick, which I'm convinced the NHL will not let happen, and there's a part of me that feels like rightly so. Macklin Celebrini. What do we know about Macklin? So Macklin Celebrini, he's a freshman at Boston University. He's 17 years old playing in the Hockey East right now, and he has 43 points in 28 games playing for the BU Terriers. A lot of people think that he's a Hobie Baker candidate. For those of you that don't know, don't follow college hockey as closely as I do. That is the Heisman Trophy of college hockey. Macklin Celebrini will go number one overall. Now, last year at this time, we were so in tankathon mode, and we watched the World Junior Tournament, and we watched Connor Bedard, and we were going, oh, my gosh, pretty please, pretty please. And for those of you that pray and God's listening, and you prayed for Connor Bedard to come to Chicago, it happened. As of today, the Hawks have the best odds of winning the NHL lottery again. If it happens, Macklin Celebrini is coming to Chicago. Eric Andrews, Macklin Celebrini is awesome. Is he a generational talent? No. Cool. Good talk. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good player. I, I would say for for first overall pick, he's probably above average. Is he generational? No. Yeah. But he'll is he'll he be like a very Nolan good Patrick. Player. Yeah. I mean, he is definitely the consensus number one. I mean, if the Hawks have number one, do it, right? I mean, is that even a debate? No. 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 All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> not wasting any time here, guys. <laughs> he's got a hot date. Yeah, he's, he's got, got out of here in the stove. stove. He's got something yeah, on the Gabe, stove. He's got no- <laughs> noodles are boiling. Uh, Gabe, question for you. And I've already lost it. I've forgotten what it is for that matter. Oh, well. <laughs> it was about Jackson Celebrini. No, it's fine. I was going <laughs> to ask you to. Uh, embellish a little bit or uh i mean who knows maybe if the maybe if the blackhawks don't think that they need like celebrini or whatever they uh move down or something like that you know and pick up pick up a player pick up a player that's further along in their curve and uh you know pick up something else on on top of that you never know uh i mean that happens so infrequently though yeah it does it does the nfl but you know, I don't know. We'll get. I, I guess my, uh, you know, my question for you, Gate, and I had it and I lost it again. It, oh, I, now I got it. I got it. Is there right. any snowballs chance in hell that the NHL is going to let the Blackhawks pick first for the second year in a row after so many people feel that it was unjust that the third to last Chicago Blackhawks were able to get the number one pick and land Connor Bedard? Uh, well, I mean, it happened in Edmonton, but That's true. Yeah, they picked first like what three years in a row or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're Gary Bettman, do you go in? You go, okay, guys, like let the let the ping pong balls go wherever they want. But if it's Chicago, get it out of there. Just don't do this again. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I, at this point in time, I can't. I can't be so optimistic that the ping pong balls are gonna fall 
the Hawks way two years in a row. I just, for me, I can't, I can't see it happening again. Like it's just the, the chances that that's going to happen is, is so small. Yeah. So it's like, and not so small, but I'm just saying it, it of it happening two years in a row. Like, so I'm thinking like, you know, top five, I think they're going to get a two or a three, which is fine. Two second, it, third overall. It, if you finish dead last, is it guaranteed you're in the top three or am I making that up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're guaranteed in the top three. Thank you for clearing. You can't fall any more than two yeah. spots. I believe it is. Okay. Correct. So if no. the Hawks, if the Hawks finish last, which they're on pace to do now, Bedard could steal a few games and. I don't think it's going to be even close. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I guess the Sharks are only two points ahead. Yeah. So the Hawks and the Sharks. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's assume well, the Hawks are the Hawks are probably the Hawks are going to pick in the top five. We know that much. So Macklin Celebrini aside, I know who I want if they're picking in the top five. There's a defenseman that it will go somewhere between two and five. Scott Powers wrote an article on him. Eric, tell us about Levshinov. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a little bit before, but he's a guy that can do it all. He's got a, a big, mature frame for his age. Um, yeah, just a, a very, very well-rounded uh, defenseman that, like I said, can do a little bit of everything pretty darn well. Um, bonus, he's a right-handed defenseman. Blackhawks yeah. could definitely use that. that so, bad. yeah, I'm right there with you that if they are not picking first, he's the guy I want, um, whether it's second, third, wherever. Um, I would have a very difficult time seeing him slip past third, but um, you know, there's a, a few other guys kind of in that conversation. So, you know, maybe he slips as low as four, maybe five, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think it's safe to say the Hawks will be tick- picking in the top four. So um, yeah, yeah if, wherever they're picking, not first, if Levshinov's on the board, that's the guy that you go with. Yeah. This is, so this is Artem Levshinov folks uh, at, currently a freshman at Michigan state. You know, 28 points in 30 games can do it all. I mean, he's that everything type kid, 18 years old, 6'2, 208. I mean, when you're 18, that is a big dude. I mean, that is a, a very, you know, you're not like 6'2, 180 or 185 and slender and oh, he'll grow into his body. I mean, this, this guy's ready. Um, you know, kind of if you're looking for a comparison, which is so dangerous, now I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be this guy. But stylistically, a, a Shea Weber-ish um, type vibe. Now he'll probably go back to Michigan State for another year. In fact, he, which makes a lot of sense. So he'll at least play two years at Michigan State before. Yeah, let's not give him the Kevin Korchinski treatment. No, 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 no. And he he won't. He's got no reason to. He should go back. You know, it's he's not in the CHL. You know, and but you know, and I still think college hockey will be good for him. But Gate, you know, you you heard Eric you know, mention right-handed D is that that's something in the Blackhawks wheelhouse right now that needs attention. Would you not agree? Yeah. I mean, top end D yeah, sure. I mean, they they have Seth yeah, well, right, right. <laughs> you've got, you've got Seth or and Connor Murphy who, I mean, they're just honestly, well, they're just guys. One Powers just, makes reference that Renzel is, is a right-handed defenseman, but Levshinoff would be a more, more of a certainty than Sam Renzel would be at this yeah. point. Yeah, Renzel might not even end up being a top two pairing. I mean, no, he's probably right. a second pairing guy. Second pairing guy, and then the only other right-handed is Del Master right-handed or left-handed? He's a lefty. Yeah, see, there you go. So right-handed D is of significant need. Nolan Allen, what's Nolan Allen? Left. He's lefty as well, isn't he? Yep, he's left. Yeah, Renzel is so, the yeah, only right-handed I mean, guy they have with any potential. 
Right. What is that uh, that other guy from uh, Denver, that defenseman? Zev um, Bouillon. He's a lefty. Yeah. He yeah. can play the offside, but he's left-handed. Yeah, but he'll he'll go somewhere in between like seven to thirteen ish. Yeah, yeah. So he won't be yeah. there to pick in any way, shape, or form. I mean, defensemen are always gold. Like you know, if yeah. you get one that looks good, and you uh, sure you, you could trade you him. Don't for something. Him you right. don't you let him go. You don't trade him for something. You know, I I know I always made that reference when they they drafted four defensemen in three years in the first two rounds. Like that they had the, you know, and then when they drafted Kirby Dock, I was like, yeah, they need a forward. They need some kind of dynamic forward in this, in this, in this system somewhere. Uh, and you know, the, and, and everyone was all upset because they didn't pick Bo Byram, but what's Bo Byram turned into? I mean, he's okay. Sure. I, I know he didn't, you know, he's probably better. He's better than Kirby Dock, but that was, that was their own doing, you know, yeah. uh, Kirby Dock could have been a, a fine, you know, third overall pick that could have been part of their start of the rebuild if they didn't screw around with them like they did and screwed it up poor kid and kirby doc i think said recently in an interview with somebody while he was hurt that um he was he had only played like he was like the top forward on his junior team and stuff like that and um the blackhawks had him playing third line shut down defense they had him. They had him. They had him at eighteen or nineteen, playing every role possible. And, I, and no it's like I've never played that before in my life. Oh, like no. he was on the penalty kill. He had no idea what he was doing. It wasn't his fault. It was just a disaster. Um, swinging back to, I think the Blackhawks could get the second, the first overall pick again because the Blackhawks drive ratings and. Like, they drive ratings. That's why they're getting the winter classic at Wrigley Field. They have Connor Bedard. If they happen to get the first overall pick again, I don't think the NHL – I don't think Gary Bettman pulls the ping pong ball. I think they get it and because the buzz is going to be around the Blackhawks even more so. Like them or hate them, people are going to be tuning in to watch them. The and league they, makes uh, more money when the Blackhawks are good. Oh, they do. They do. And Andy said it in text chats, and everybody said it. Like the league needs Connor Bedard to be good because they're stagnating, and now that he's the next big thing, and the Blackhawks are on this upward swing in terms of their momentum with draft picks and stuff like that, if they give him another one, it's just better for the league. So I think conspiracy theory they might get it again, or they definitely won't fall past two. I mean, and, I wouldn't say no. I mean, I don't. And do you really want to be sending people out out to San Jose? No, like is San Jose going to bring them the league a, a whole bunch of revenue? Phoenix with Matt will. Brainy? No, Arizona yeah. will. <laughs> I was just yeah. there this weekend. They will not. Yeah, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah, a Mullet game Arena. going on. I drove past Mullet Arena. There was a game going on against the Edmonton Oilers, and it looked in the in, in the in the whole the streets around it were empty. There was Can nobody imagine, walking around. Can you imagine if Connor Bedard was out there right now? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Like afterwards, I saw people like wearing Oilers jerseys and stuff walking around. Yeah. But like, you know, if you're around like the United Center or whatever, like even if the game is going on in the middle of the game, middle of the second period, there's going to be people walking around with jerseys on and stuff. There's none of that going on in, in Phoenix. No, I I don't know. So, no, I, I, I mean, the, the when big market cities are good, it's better for the league, period. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. The way that it works, money talks. So yeah, certainly maybe there is a Hey, you want revenue sharing? Yeah. Hope that the Blackhawks get good. Don't complain yep. about it. Right. 
That's why they're on TN. That's why they were on TNT last night. Even though they're terrible team, they've yep. lost ten of eleven, and they were on TNT the first game last night. Yeah, Eric, so, are there any other names to keep an eye on just for now? Just it's suggesting that let's say the Blackhawks end up picking somewhere between three and five, and someone else takes Levshinov, or they decide not to take Levshinov. Is there anyone else that you think is out there that would make sense for them, or that you'd like to see them take a flyer on? Yeah. So to me, there's two other guys. Um, I would say that this is kind of like a, I don't know if like a consensus top four with Celebrini, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would have Celebrini and Levshinov one, two, but the other two guys that I would be interested in, one would be Caden Lidstrom, who is mm-hmm. a six foot four, 216 pound forward playing in the WHL. Um, he's pretty raw right now, but he has made huge strides this season and has really surprised people with his production and, and just his overall game. Um, so Are that's a guy concerns about his shoulder injury at all, or is that just kind of, it'll heal and move on. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that I've seen, um, you know, from scouts or anything that is a concern with that right now, obviously yep. that can change, but um, no, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't let that, I wouldn't keep that from, you know, making the pick but he's a true center too right uh he can play a little bit everywhere um he's played in the middle and on the wing but yeah. i mean I'm the frame fan of any any true center not named mark mcneil i'm kind of into <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean he just just as far as the the frame and and his game is very intriguing especially with how steep of a development curve he's had this season that's that's very intriguing and then the other guy that I would keep an eye on, um, kind of like this year's Matvey Michkov, is uh, Ivan Demidov, a guy that is highly talented, uh, obviously playing over in Russia. But, um, you know, how much are you going to let the Russia factor play into it? We'll see. But talent wise, he's right up there at the top end of the draft. It's just there are a lot of people. Sh- there are a lot of people. That, yeah. There are a lot of people that have him in the top three. Yeah. Talent wise, he's a top three player for sure. Yeah. It's just a matter of do you want to take the chance? I mean, are there are there still similar concerns that there were with Mitchkov with him as far as, well, they're just going to try to keep him in Russia as long as possible, or is he someone that could come over right away? Do you have any sense of that? No, he'll be over there for a, at least a couple more years, I want to say. I forget exactly what his contract situation is, but right. no, he will not come over right away, and he wouldn't be he wouldn't be ready for the NHL right away. I think he's, he's 5'11", 168, so... Oh, He's a smaller, yeah. smaller guy that is a. Oh yeah, a we love game. small forwards. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I don't. This is not. This is not last year's draft. It is not as talent rich. No. Once you get into the once you get into the mid uh, mid first round, it's throwing darts. Yep. I think at that point, and so the Hawks will have another first round pick that seems like it keeps getting later and later as the Tampa Bay Lightning are surging, which is too bad. And I mean, I, I think if the season ended today, that pick would be around like nineteenth or twentieth. Um, which at one point it looked like it was going to be 12 or 13th, but I don't know. That's just the way that it works. Uh, still a good trade, the Brandon Hagel trade. Um, don't ask Bucci Cross. He'll tell you otherwise. Oh my God. Bucci, love you, but your takes lately. Come on, man. You're better. Uh, he's on par with Colby Cohen. So. <laughs> that's a low bar. Low. <laughs> there is no bar. Yeah. 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 Like well, either way, the Hawks the Hawks will have a, a good pick coming up. So keep an eye on and, and everyone pay attention to Eric Andrews uh, as the spring turns into summer. 
uh, more than likely you'll see a lot of uh, draft material and profiling coming out from him. As soon as that pick that the Blackhawks have is identified, he will give you insight onto where they're picking and who it should be. And uh, you know, it'd be really fun. You guys, if after the first round of the draft happens, we have me read all the names of the first round picks. Awesome. I think that would be. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I agree. Okay. I agree. Nobody that cares. That would be really Nobody fun. cares. That, that would be really fun. It's just more fun when we bring it up um, and, and knock you for it than you acknowledge it. But, but either way, um, yeah, we're going to do that. So if you have any names that might stump Sean Fitzgerald, folks, send them our way. And um, he will take his best crack at it. <laughs> you know, I, I can't even imagine in the 90s when he first learned of Sergei Krivokrasov, amongst others, and, uh, you know, try to throw some of those names out there. Yeah, people just looked at me like I had three heads. They do that all the time, though. So it's well, Kriever's still the best one. Uh, Louis Crevier was announced. Now they got this guy, Kriever. Kriever. Six-foot-eight guy, Kriever. Yeah, he can't keep the puck in the zone, in the zone so. No, nor can he skate very well. So, and you know, Crevier Svedberg. He is. He's enjoying his cup of coffee on a, on a very poor hockey team, and that'll probably be it for him. But hey, thanks for thanks for being there, Louis. Uh, any final shots, fellas, before we uh, wrap it up for tonight? We've hit the hour mark. Alrighty, uh, we're all we're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver Moore has twenty nine points, uh, seven goals, and twenty two assists, and Sam Renzel has twenty five points. One goal and twenty-four assists at yep. the University of Minnesota as freshmen. So both doesn't the, mean they're gonna be great NHL players, but they're no. playing well in college right now. And then they'll both return be returning for their sophomore campaigns and still are both world junior eligible next year, I believe. Yeah. So they will return to Team USA and hopefully Oliver Moore will have a bigger role in the World Junior Tournament. I'd still prefer to watch San Jose play Columbus than the World <laughs> Junior Tournament. I am Ben Pope. Yep. Ben, once again, sorry that I tweeted that at you. No, you're not. For accepting my apology. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and keep an eye on uh, Frankie uh, Nazar at University of Michigan. When Michigan's season is completed, that'll be interesting to see if the Hawks try to sign him or if he goes back for a junior year. Um, I'm curious. Honestly, send him back, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's only, another played, year. he's only played one full college yeah, season. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think if they signed him, he'd be in Rock. I don't know. Or I would Rockford next year be terrible? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not making this decision. Anything else, fellas? Gate? Anything else to look out for? Be aware for? No. I mean, it, 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 this is going to be the stretch of Bedard. And we're yep. going to try and see what he can do. See if he can run it up. Uh, and it looks like he has a good start. So this could be fun, you know. Yeah, it could Some, be fun. something to watch for the end of the season could yes. be to see what Bedard does, yep. which is not what we didn't have last year, where it was just like a slow, painful death. So, yeah. Gotcha. Alex Nylander returns to the UC on March second. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, and yeah, yeah. If he's if he's with their club, he may be sent down. Well, he, he's being recalled before Friday. He's being recalled to play with them. Uh, before Buffalo this Friday. Well, so. we, we we did forget to mention this Sunday, big stuff going on at the United Center, twofold. Chris Chelios's number is being retired against the Detroit Red Wings. And what they didn't know when they announced that retirement ceremony is that Patrick Kane 
has since signed with the Red Wings and is going to be back in the United Center playing hockey for the first time since his trade. And I, I'm actually more excited about that than the Chelios deal. I mean, I love Chris they, Chelios, but you know, I'm 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 a sucker for a good montage and and a weepy uh, hockey player that returns to. The- the Blackhawks PR department is great at those uh, montages. Yeah. I was there for when Andrew Shaw came back with Montreal, and that was that was a good one. Yeah, this one, this one, it it, it can't lose. It'll it'll yeah. be. What what are they doing? I I saw something that they announced. They're doing the jersey stuff a little bit earlier. Three o'clock. It's they're doing it. Three o'clock. They're doing it before warmups, right? Yep. And then three they're o'clock. having the team warm up and then come out and play. Which actually makes sense so that the teams don't need to warm up and then sit there like they used to and go through all the motions and then drop the puck. So the so the Kane montage will probably happen right before it's, the national anthem, I would assume. No, there. Uh, so what um, they said on the Blackhawks podcast today is that the first stoppage they're going to do the montage and NBC Sportsnet Chicago will not go to commercial, so they'll show the montage. It better not. So go the to first commercial. stoppage of play, they'll show the Kane montage on the big board. Okay. Yep. yep. Ooh, that's so. going to be really good. So, right. yeah, who, wants, who wants action? Who wants odds? Does Kane does Kane shed tears? I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. Gate? Yes. Cool. Eric? Yep. We concur. Kane cries. On Will Sunday. Michael Jordan be smoking a cigar? Yes. Yeah. The United <laughs> Center is a non-smoking facility. Just saying. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, but that is that is <laughs> he's he he was smoking during the Stanley Cup finals for one year and the United oh, okay. Center is All right. not and what I mean that is the building you. that Jordan built, you know. Yeah, if you have a statue of yourself in a building, I mean, yeah, you can have didn't go to the Bulls like Ring of Honor thing, but he's going to Chris Chelios's jersey retiring. Is he really? So that's what he, yeah. yeah, he's friends he, with Chelios, yeah. Is he's I'm sure Eddie's there. Gonna be there, right? Eddie Vedder will be there. Mm-hmm. Be there. Wayne Gretzky's supposed to be there. Like Holly will be there. I'm sure Brett Hall will be there. Yeah. This could be the most celebrities at the UC. And like it could look like an NBA All-Star game with the amount of people that are in the stands. So oh, wow, what fun. Yeah. Yeah. Afternoon yeah. game. Be turning in, tuning in. You know, Sean, I I have to say as we depart here that Gate might have your hat beat tonight. Yeah, that's a good one. I I, I like that one. Actually, honestly, this is not a Blackhawks hat. Oh, it's Chicago Hawks. Yeah, it's Chicago Hawks Youth Hockey Club. Yeah, supporting Ooh. supporting my boys. Yep, used to play well, at Bridgeview. Well, if you if you find one that's lying around and you don't need, you know, I, I know a guy who likes hats, so I could probably get you one. I know the guy who runs the pro shop there. Yeah, uh, yeah I could probably up. get you one. But yeah, cool. I'm in. Awesome. All right, Where fellas. Well, good stuff tonight. Go Hawks. Go Bedard. Uh, Friday night, they play the Winnipeg Jets. Tomorrow night at home. And um, tough opponent. Jets look good. But let's hope uh, let's hope CB is on that score sheet early and often. It'd be good to have another multi-point game from the kid uh, to keep things interesting in that Calder race, which is kind of what you should be paying attention to right now if you're looking for Hawks hockey. Um, so thank you all. Uh, have a great night. To have my buddies, Sean, Eric, and Jeff. I'm Go Hawks. Have a great night, folks.